Hi, welcome to Unscripted by Twine. I'm Diana Rao, and I'm your host. In this podcast, my guests choose from a library of deep and thought-provoking questions, and we just talk about it for 15 or 20 minutes. Our hypothesis is that as long as we choose meaningful questions, we'll end up in a conversation worth having. As Carl Sagan says, we make our world significant by the courage of our questions and the depth of our answers. Ready? Let's go. All right, everyone. So I'm here with my friend, Robert, and we're going to dive straight in. So Robert, we were just talking about how you love having deep conversations. Can you tell us a little bit about where that came from? Yes, of course. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I think it really came (laughs) from, as a child, I was always a deep, introspective child. And I think it came from, uh, I had a hard upbringing with a lot of trauma. And I think what I think my coping mechanism my coping mechanism was to uh, turn inwardly, and that was kind of my place of safety. And so, being inside my head and being inside myself kind of allowed me to kind of it was kind of a place of protection and a healing place. And so, I think that deepness comes from that of you know inside of myself and when you're inside yourself you're you're thinking of a lot of deep things and and I think that was kind of like my coping mechanism growing up and so I've always loved deep insightful big meaning type of things uh because of that that's amazing wait so so this is kind of interesting as you know I'm I'm, I'm sure the almost the opposite side of you because I, I like started off as a very extreme extrovert and it's taken a while, but I'm sort of becoming an introvert now. And so that internal conversation can be just as important, actually potentially even more so than external conversations. So, um, so what were like the deep conversations that you would have with yourself? And then at what point did you start bringing those outwards and having those types of conversations externally with the world around you? Uh, I don't, <laughs> it's hard to actually pinpoint like like what deep conversations but I, I think I've always been drawn to like big questions about life and meaning I think it's it's just like what what do things mean like why am I here um it could be anything from history it's like any subject or any passion that I engaged in I was always deeply involved in it where it came it became more of a I wouldn't say obsession, but I became very focused in it. For example, when I was in high school, I played the trumpet actually from high school until my sophomore year of college. And mm-hmm. that was my, that was like my passion. That was like, I was, it was so meaningful to me. It was so deep that like, I practiced like three times a day. My life revolved around it. I always wanted to do, I was always practicing playing music. And so I think for me, how that manifested was the fact of anything that I really engaged with was never kind of on the surface. It was always this really deep, intentional type of um, sentiment or or activity. I love that. Was there any time where you ever felt like... um, like people didn't appreciate that, that about you, your yeah. intentionality or your depth? Yes. And that's been the, <laughs> I would say that's probably been the most, um, I think, difficult part for me 
is how do because it's, it's a very personal thing right it's something that people don't see um and i think for me as i was as i'm so introspective it's hard and sometimes you have to be out well you have to you have to interact with their surroundings and i think it, it it's been hard for me as growing up i was not conscious of this and as i was aging and now i i really am starting to really see this and deal with it but a lot of people just think that I'm kind of, you could kind of be a, aloof, um, dejected, mm. not engaged, not as, you know, I'm not an extrovert. So it's kind of, it's kind of a cliche thing with, with like, you know, with the stereotypical kind of social, um, I won't say stereotypes, but yeah, stereotypes of introverts. Um, that That's kind of what I struggle with my whole life. It's been kind of mis- interpreted you know and so i really struggle with that and when i was younger and uh, i didn't know there wasn't really a reference to how to deal with that you know there isn't a reference to to that and and because you live we live in a kind of a more of an extroverted world and so as as an introverted more of an introverted person i just say introverted because it's easier for people it's a label that's easier for people to kind of grasp. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 it, w- it was kind of hard for me because I really didn't know. I did. I I felt like I didn't know where I fit in this world because I, it was it was a world that I kind of really didn't interact with. Mm. That that's fascinating. So is that still your reality? One where you you're grappling to interact with the external world or, or, um, have you found a way to balance now? Yes. I've actually found a way to balance. Um, one of the things that I did was accept my personality (laughs) trait, accept that this is who I am and that I am okay. I am okay being this way because it makes me who I am. There's no other way that I could be. But I think with that acceptance, I've learned to bring balance because I, it's not a struggle, right? It's not a, why am I not as outgoing, right? As other people. Why, why don't I like to do this? Like other people, why don't I like going to networking events like other people, right? Instead of it being a type of defect that I saw in myself that I didn't understand. Mm. Now it's an acceptance of, Oh yeah, I get why now this is who I am. So I think the acceptance of who I am, allowed me to really be able to be more open to other people because now I can turn it off and on when I need to or understand that if I'm uncomfortable in a situation, it's because that's it's just my personality trait or who I am may, might not mesh up in that situation, but I can still interact because I, I notice where it comes from and it's not an anxiety. And it's not like, oh, I'm anxious for no reason. What am I doing? That inner conflict of trying to make sense. And I think in this way, I actually know what's going on so I can navigate it better. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense, Robert. Can you describe, you know, who was this person? You said um, you got to a point where you accept who you are and you're okay being this way now. Um, Can you help put some because we've never actually met before so it's like this is super interesting right can you describe who was this person that you needed to accept you know in terms of if you were to describe like a robert that you needed to accept who's this person that you decided to accept i think i needed to accept 
a person who is deeply meaningful, who likes deep conversations, who maybe steers more into maybe not the material world, but who is more probably spiritual, who who isn't as outgoing as other people, who when they when I step in the room, I'm not going to be the center of attention, and I might just go off into a wall and just stay there and observe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah. I think it was just this person who, who had all of these. I think it was the person that I had to accept that the person who society needed me to be or wanted me to be isn't the person that I need to be. And I can, I can, I can reject that. Um, I can reject that kind of view of who I need to be. And I'm okay being who, who I want to be and who I am. Yeah. So I think, I think it's, I think that was the conflict was there's this outside and, and external world who's telling me, no, you need to be this way. You need to be more outgoing. Why are you so quiet? Why are you so drawn? Mm. You know, why are you so drawn back? And so struggling with that. And then I had a complex where it was like, well, what's wrong with me? Why am I like this? Why am I not like everyone else? And so I really had to reject the external, um, the external view of of what the external world wanted of me and realized like I'm an I'm an enough. I think what it was was I just had self acceptance. I had to accept myself for who I am and what I am and that there's no issues with that. Getting to that point of self acceptance is such an incredible journey. Can and I I just um I just love what you're saying on so many levels. Robert, can you for, for let's say someone else is listening to this and they're thinking, man, I wish I could accept myself or they think like, oh, I want to get on that path. How did you get on this path? Like tactically, just like what would be advice that you'd give in terms of getting to that point of true self-acceptance of, of being able to look in the mirror and say, I'm actually enough. How did you get there? I think, I think I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I think one of the reasons, I think one of the easiest ways, and I know it's not a lot with other people, but me feeling as an outsider, allowed me to isolate enough to accept myself in a kind of a, in a, in a, in a weird way of saying that <laughs> me being withdrawn mm. allowed me, cause I already had this idea that I already wasn't a part or I didn't feel like a part of things. So it allowed me to isolate enough to think, to be more introspective, to actually accept myself in a weird way just of saying that. And I think I, and not everyone's like that. I think what I did was, I think it's just, I don't, I think it's just with, with age and beginning older and just realizing like who I am. And I think a biggest part, I would say this, it's kind of, it's not a, I won't say I'm cheating here, but I, I do practice, I am a practitioner in positive psychology. And so, which is a study of mm -hmm. well-being, which is the study of well-being and um, human flourishing. And so when I started, when I started really um, interacting with positive psychology and learning about my character strengths and learning about values. And so learning about the positive makeup of who I am and how, how inherent and how good that was and how my, at my positive core, who I was, it allowed me to accept myself a lot because I realized, because I, I think in our society that we, we always try to fix people's weaknesses and we always look at the negative of people, but we never really tell people enough, like what's positive, right? We never come from a position of, 
this is something that's positive inside of you. And how can we use that positivity that you have to, to help you flourish more in life and help and use that as a platform to get to, to, to build upon? I think we always look at, oh, so you're weak in this. So we need to get you to be strong in that. And, and, and a lot of times mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not, I'm not an outgoing person. So why would I waste my time trying to be that when our, I have already other gifts and in, in, in positivities that's not a word, but whatever. In, in my, in, in, inside myself, it, it sounded good. Inside myself, why can't I use those? Like, I'm already, that's already something that's good inside of me. That's already something that's there. So why can't I just accentuate the positive instead of looking at myself as someone who's deficient and I need to correct those deficiencies instead of, and, and then, or looking at myself as someone who's positive or has positive qualities and strengths and then using those to to help myself um get better in life and so Mm -hmm. i think i think and i think with self-acceptance i think it's just this i think it's just this um idea or this sentiment that you have with yourself that you know you at, at at your core you are enough right at your core you are enough for who yeah. you need to be without without titles without the self stories that we tell ourselves without without occupations without even even relationship titles that outside of all of that at our core we are enough to be who we need to be and who we are and so it's just accepting it's accepting your strengths and accepting things that you might not like about yourself but the idea of just accepting it and not trying to run from it not trying to be conflicted by it and to really sit down and really think about them before you start to really change them. And so I'm a big Mm -hmm. proponent. I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of (laughs) self-acceptance and it's just the idea of that all of those things, all of those titles, all the, whatever you identify with to make yourself seem worth it, doesn't matter because at the end of the day without those things you're still worth it you're still enough so i know Mm, that's probably really high level thing i know because i like i said i'm a deep thinker but i think that i think for me i think i came to the point where i was like wow yeah i really am enough like i am like i have these positive qualities inside of me and i am enough for who i need to be and none of these things change that right getting 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 hired for a job doesn't change me, or getting fired from a job doesn't change me. Being successful yeah. doesn't change me. Being unsuccessful doesn't change change who I am at my core. And so having money doesn't. Not having money, you know, doesn't. So it's like these things that we try to grasp onto to give us this self worth. At, at the end of the day those things are dependent on kind of external factors that can change. And when those things change, what happens is, Oh, now I feel bad about myself because I was relying on Mm. myself. I was relying on that thing to be a barometer or be a, be a mirror or be kind of a measure of my self worth. When, if we don't even latch onto those things and we already have this self acceptance, this internal inherent, this positive self acceptance of ourselves, that getting fired, getting hired for an awesome job, it can feel great, but it doesn't mean that my self-worth or I don't think that I am a better person or that because of that. 
Yeah, I, I love that. It sounds like what you're saying also is um, another way to defi define self-acceptance is that your self-worth is wholly defined by you, not exactly. by anything external, which is actually like the entire opposite of all of social media, to be honest, because it's like exactly. when people's self-worth are tied up with all those the posts and the likes and the likes. numbers. It's like not it's internal at all. Fascinating. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's I one get of those you. I get you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No, it's one, yeah, with the likes, it's like you're, you're, it's like, it's, it's crazy because, and I'm not judging anyone, but it, cause we all do it. It's crazy when you put up something and how, if you get a lot of likes, you feel so much better about yourself. Mm -hmm. But if no one likes it, you feel so badly about yourself. But nothing changed. Like nothing changed about you. Nothing changed about anything. <laughs> yeah. It just you just put up a picture. Yeah. You just put up something. It's like what really changed? Nothing really changed. But what what changed was your attention on on something, right? Or or expectation and intention, right? The intention, um, mm -hmm. your expectation that this, like everyone was going to like this and they didn't, or your intention on this type of reward, because that's all it is. It's really a social reward. It's a reward that we, we need, you know, we need this reward of people liking us. And if, and if this gets a lot of likes and, oh, I get this reward, I, you know, I get this boost of like self-confidence and self-esteem. And so, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really about, yeah, self-worth and self-acceptance is really about it's about you at your core, which is you stripped down out of, outside of all of these kind of titles and all these things that we latch on to for self-worth. It's like outside of all of that, well, who are you? And I think a lot of people, including myself, and I think in this society as well, we don't, we don't really get, we don't really get to have those moments where we sit down. I think we have those moments when we have to, when we hit rock bottom <laughs> and then we're like, uh, you know, and then we're like, yeah. we, have to, we have to face who we are, you know? And I think, uh, I think sometimes we don't, uh, it's like, that's a really, I mean, that's beneficial, but we shouldn't have to go through traumatic, deep, depressive moments to have to mm. ask that question or realize that. It's like, we could just maybe do that, you know, when we're, when we're also, when we're on the up and up as well, you know? We don't have to, you know, go to, we don't have to hit rock bottom to, to figure this stuff out. And I think, I think a lot of times, in our society that's what they tell us like oh yeah you you know we can't question things until we have to question things yeah i that's so profound what you said what you just said about how we shouldn't have to hit rock bottom to actually face who we are um do you have any recommendations as somebody who spent a lot of time internally asking these deep questions do you have any sort of like tactical exercises or recommendations for helping folks go through that process of saying, you know, if they wanted to sit down and say, I'm in quarantine, I'm not doing anything anyway, I have a lot of extra time at home. How do you start this conversation of who are you, who am I, when, let's say you've been an extrovert for your entire life, you've never had that conversation with yourself, where do you start? If you're, I would say if you're an extrovert or anyone, I would say one thing you have to do is you have to, you have to accept your, your present, um, I guess your present, situation or life and i think the one thing that's helped me is mindfulness i am a big i am a big um practitioner practice of mindfulness and i it allows us yeah. it allows us to be at our it allows us to be in the present moment outside of 
everything, right? It just allows us to be. And I think at that moment, like where we are, I think you, you start to, you, you, all the chatter that's in your head, even this chatter that's in your head, you start to realize like how much noise actually goes on in your head, right? How much, where our attention is at. And I think, so I think, I think I'm a big proponent of stillness, right? Of silence. And it's, it might be hard for extroverts to get wrapped their heads around this. So I know it's easier for me, but I think just really start to practice uh, mindfulness, right? Spend a couple of times throughout the day just sitting for a couple of minutes and just breathing and just being, right? And just focusing on the breath and just being and just accepting the present moment and no expectations. If you have thoughts that come in your mind, try not to judge them and just, just center back on the breath. And I think, I think just being allows us to really quiet ourselves and being able to kind of start to realize who are we and kind of accept who we are. And I, I, know, that's a, yeah. I, know, that's, I know that's an easier said than done thing, but it really does help. And I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think mindfulness allows us to be aware, awareness of our bodies, awareness of our minds, awareness of who we are. You don't have to change it, but Absolutely. just, just being aware of like who, cause I don't think a lot of times people don't even know who they are. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would say, I would say another thing to do with meaning or values even is just write down what's meaningful to you. Write down what, what, write down what makes you, what gives you meaning in life. Write down what, what makes you feel significant, right? And that, like write down anything that's like, what, what, what gets me out of bed? What do I like to engage with? And another thing, I would say this, another thing that I've done, mm-hmm. as, adult, as, as adults, we forget this. Think about when you were a kid, right? And what did you enjoy doing as a kid? That, mm-hmm. that didn't translate to an adult because people told you you're not going to make any money at, at that or that's just stupid. Like, w- did you like to dance? Did you like to draw? Did you like to sing? Did you like to build things? Did you like to build, like, did you like to read? Did you like to build modeled, you know, train sets? Whatever you like to do. Those things where you're a kid that made you feel so happy or just so engaged. Think about those things, because I think a lot of times, I forgot, like, a lot of times we, we, we stop doing those things. And think, think about why you stopped doing it, and then start engaging in, in doing it again. I, think, I, I think, love that. I love that, Robert. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, like, that's, like, one of the things, because you, we forget, and that's, like, that's one of the things, that's, like, that's one of the things that, like, that's, like, as a kid, we're so innocent, we're so free, and then all of a sudden life and other people come in and they start to shape our, our, who we are, who we, where they mold us into who we need to be or who they think we need to be. And we forget like at our core, those are the things that made us happy, that gave us meaning as a child, right? They, they, those, they made us um, feel engaged with life, right? They gave, and a lot of those things are mindfulness stuff too, because they allow us to be aware in the present moment, right? And so, Think about those things mm-hmm. that you used to do as a kid that maybe someone told you that you stopped doing because you couldn't make any money. If you were you wanted to be an artist as a child and then someone told you that's stupid because you're not going to make any money. So you abandon that. Right. Because that's a big piece of yourself mm-hmm. that's probably missing from who you are as a person. 
And so start drawing again, start doing those things that you abandoned in your, in your earlier life, in your life, because those are the things that would get you back to who you are at your core. Because those are the things that really genuinely, when you didn't need to make money from it, those are the things that made you happy, made you focused, made you engage, gave you some type of meaning yeah. in life. So that's yeah, a big, Robert, that's, what was one of those? Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to ask you, what was one of those things for you? What did you enjoy those, doing as a kid? One of the things is one of the things I enjoyed doing as a kid was poetry. I used to write poetry, and I stopped doing it because I went to college, went to the military. And I was like, I don't need creativity, you know, like well, I'm being creative. I don't need the creativity anymore. And it's so funny because I picked up and I started doing poetry and I wrote a book of poetry um, about my experiences going to war in Iraq and then coming back home. And that kind of, you know, the kind of the kind wow. of, you know, deep yeah. issues that that happens. And so that really and I, and I still write poetry to this day but that was one of the things that really helped me and that was a piece of me that like I got back that was lost right because we I think we feel like mm. we have, I feel like we have all these lost pieces in the world that are just floating around <laughs> and we're and I think we're running through life like feeling kind of empty wow. because like because we don't have these pieces that we used to have and we kind of let them go and so what I've really been doing because I'm not perfect with this either at all so I've really been starting to like start doing things that I used to do that I loved, loved doing as a child that kind of kind of gave me meaning as a child. And I started to do those things again. That's writing poetry. Um, I used to play music. I used to I stopped doing anything with music. I really did. I, I stopped when I, when I joined mm -hmm. the army in college. I oh, after I stopped playing the trumpet, like I stopped doing I stopped doing music. And so now I'm easing back into doing music and it doesn't have to be something that's, you know, I don't need to make money from it. I can, it could be just pure enjoyment of doing the activity. Uh, it doesn't yeah. I, I don't have to make money from it. I don't have to even post it. I don't ha it could be just for me. And I think sometimes we don't have things that are just for us. We feel like we have to share everything with someone else or the world. And no, you can have things that are just for you that you enjoy for the simple pleasure of enjoyment and happiness. So that's Man, you're giving of, me some goosebumps. I know. Damn, I have a Robert. lot. I could, I have a lot of things. <laughs> I was like, I have a lot. Like it's like. I, I do. I have a lot of like things that you could do because I'm like, yeah, this is I mean, it's it's funny because this is like the stuff that I read and do a lot. But yeah, I think I think I think those things because I think I think it one. Um, I, I heard this it, it's in my readings and things like that is it's and it's this really hit home for me. I would say this if I had to say anything else, I would say learn to be a friend to yourself. I think we yeah. are we are better friends to other people than ourselves. And so when it comes to self-acceptance, it's self-compassion. When it comes to self-acceptance, I would say do this thing. Like when you're going through something, think of talk to yourself like you would talk to a friend going through the same thing. So yeah. if your friend is having a hard time with something, and if there's your good friend and it's a positive relationship, mind you positive relationship <laughs> you would and if your friend made a mistake 
you wouldn't call your friend, you wouldn't, a big mistake or something has happened catastrophically to them. You wouldn't badger your friend and tell your friend that they're stupid and why do you let this happen and you're worthless, right? You wouldn't say that. You would encourage them. You would tell them this is not the end of the world. You know, you can do this. Um, you, you'll get back on it, you know, take a break, breathe, you know? So have self-compassion and just treat yourself like you would treat a friend. And so that's what I say. We have to learn how to be best friends back with ourselves. Yeah, that hits home so much. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I I have, it's so crazy because we've sort of like spanned all the questions that I was going <laughs> to ask you in the course of this conversation organically. Why don't we end with this actually? Is there a... Um, I'm very intrigued by your poetry. Is there a poem that you would be open to reading for us? And you can say no too. This is no pressure, oh. but if there's like a poem that comes to mind where you're like, oh, I have a poem that I'd be open to sharing. Um, would love to close that with that. Otherwise, we can also just have a wild card question that I'm gonna throw at you, whichever you choose. Um, I'm thinking. Just throw me a wild card question. I was going to, like. How about if you think of a poem later, you can tell me and I'll post it to the notes. Yeah, in the do, that. do that. Yes, how's that? I love, sorry, I, I kind of um, did, that was a little bit of a curveball moment. <laughs> yeah. I realized, I'm like, oh, I'm like, gosh. For my, I was like, my introvert friends usually tell me not to do that to people. Like, I should prepare. <laughs> kind of think about it. That was my bad. Sorry about that. So. I think for the last one, let's circle back to what, um, it comes back to actually what you were saying about meaning. What does living like a significant, meaningful life mean to you? In just like a couple sentences. I'd love to hear what, what that is to you. Oh, that's hard. I think, mm, me, living a meaningful life, a significant, meaningful life, is really i would say being really unashamed um just enthusiastically being engaged in anything that gives you meaning it can be being a father to your or mother to your kids it can be helping others it could be building anything it doesn't have to be anything big i think i think engage in life like it, it's cliche, but engage in life like it was your last day to do so. I love it. Thank you, Robert. Thank Beautiful. you. Beautiful. <laughs> no, this has been such a great experience. Thank you for joining me on Unscripted. And uh, it's been such an awesome honor getting to know you. It's been amazing. Thank you so much. You got me to talk a lot. I don't, I was nervous when I, before this, because I'm like, ah, I hope I say the right things, but I think I did a pretty good job of, of you <laughs> are a rock star and you said so many profound things and as you said there's whatever comes out is going to be exactly the right thing because you're you know you radiate the self-acceptance your energy is so good like it's so so radiant <laughs> i don't think it's possible for you to walk on here and say it's just i'm really excited for people to hear this i think it's gonna be great so thank you so much robert have a beautiful thank you day so much. you too thank you all right bye bye Thank you.